In diplomacy, not all cyber incidents seem equal. That's the impression taken from a conversation with Christopher Painter, the State Department's top cyber diplomat. In the exchange, the State Department's coordinator for cyber issues repeatedly returned to the theme of driving a diplomatic consensus to safeguard each nation's critical information infrastructure, whether in bilateral or multilateral meetings. When we talk about states not attacking critical infrastructure, this is not something that we came up with just because we thought it was a good idea. We thought this would have universal attractiveness and applicability, that countries, whether we agree with them or not on a range of issues, would still find this something that they they, uh, could adhere to. And indeed, when we just had this uh, conference in The Hague on cyberspace and was on a panel talking about this, you heard similar things being raised by a number of other countries, too. Discouraging attacks on critical infrastructure is the primary norm of behavior at the center of America's cyber diplomacy, but not the only one. Another norm is getting nations to mitigate malicious activities emanating from within their respective borders. If there is a malicious activity coming from their state uh, on request, they should uh, work to mitigate that malicious activity either through technical channels or law enforcement channels. Another norm States should not conduct activities that interfere with national certs or computer incident response teams from responding to cyber incidents. Yes, there are capabilities being developed all over the world, but but that doesn't mean this is a lawless space. We need to have these norms in place. We are beginning to work on that. We're beginning to try to get uh, consensus on those. That's a long road, but that's an important road. Another norm the United States promotes is that nations shouldn't pilfer the intellectual property of businesses of other nations, something that the American government has accused the Chinese military of doing over the Internet. Despite such behavior, the United States seeks to find common ground with its online adversaries in other areas. No, no country should be involved in the theft of trade secrets and proprietary information to benefit the commercial sector. We're going to continue to press that, and that is critically important to us. But at the same time, I think we also think we'll all be safer if states rally around the idea that of not attacking critical infrastructure absent wartime, not attacking sea certs absent wartime, cooperating in international investigations when you have malicious activity that seems to come from your borders. You know, this is really the heart of diplomacy. This will take a while to achieve. I've often used an analogy, and it really is a loose analogy, of, uh, of the proliferation security initiative. And the reason I use that is that norms and confidence building measures are great up to a point. But when you have someone who violates those norms, and we've seen this in the international community, not in the cyber realm recently, you still have to have ways to act against those transgressors. So as I think about this in the long term, getting more and more countries to buy onto and to endorse and socialize these norms that we talked about uh, creates a more stable environment. And if countries are outside that group and act against those norms, then those countries can act together against the violators. That's not something that's going to happen tomorrow or next week or you know even a few years from now, but that's the effort and that's the uh, path that we're really uh, uh, transversing right now. I'm patient, but I'm also not saying this is a time frame of, of say, the, the nuclear world, which took about 40 years to, uh, to resolve a lot of these issues. I think that cyberspace clearly moves more quickly, and I think it's very important for us to look at the whole range of issues here. And, and also, you know, there's, there's issues beyond just cybersecurity. We need to make sure we're doing security in a way that is continuing to promote the open flow of information on the Internet, that's promoting human rights on the Internet. You can't look at these things just in silos. You need to look at them together. And, and each of those areas, you'll make progress at different times in the different forms, but, but the, the important thing, the great thing, I think, is that we really weren't even talking about these issues a few years ago on this international stage. Now it's really become something that is important and is being talked about. 
Painter was the first diplomat anywhere with a cyber portfolio. When named cyber coordinator in 2011, a position since emulated by other nations. When my office was created four years ago, I was the first uh, who had this portfolio of everything from looking at uh, issues of uh, internet freedom and governance and cybersecurity and cybercrime and international security issues and capacity building. Now, there are a number of counterparts all over the world in, uh, in Korea and Japan and the Netherlands and Sweden and uh, Norway and Israel and China and Russia, really uh, all over the place. And that, I think, is indication that this is more of a foreign policy issue, that it's not just an issue for ministries of communication, but really is a core issue. And in the past four years, cyber has taken a new critical role within the State Department. What we have done here at the State Department is engage with all of our posts in the field. So we have people in almost all of our embassies who have this suite of issues working with other people in those embassies to talk to the governments there. We've engaged in uh, writing strategies for each of the regions all around the world, and we've done extensive training where we brought those people together on a regional basis around the world. Cyber is the new black now. Everyone cares about cyber, but that's also true diplomatically. When you see major bilateral meetings, or multilateral meetings. A good example is the G7 meeting that just happened, the foreign minister meeting. If you look at the G7 statement that came out of that, uh, there was an extensive couple of paragraphs on cyber, cybersecurity, uh, internet freedom and governance, but talking about norms of state behavior and other things there, which is strong. And then if you look at the fact sheets that just came out of the, uh, the presidential and prime minister visit, uh, the prime minister of Japan visit, uh, there's again a very robust section on cyber. And so uh, we, we really do see this uh, becoming a mainstream issue. A major global cyber initiative the United States promotes is the establishment of the Global Forum on Cyber Expertise that came out of a recent cybersecurity conference in The Hague. What the Global Forum for Cyber Expertise does is really serves as a place for people to contribute something that I think is critically needed and important, and that is uh, capacity-building initiatives uh, around the world. When we say capacity-building issues, what do you mean by that? Well, to give you some examples, some of the ones the U.S. contributed in partnership with, with other countries is, for instance, we had an initiative uh, with the African Union Commission to promote cybersecurity, what we call due diligence, across Africa. So it's the two of us will be working to do that as we have been in Africa. We've done a number of capacity-building uh, activities in Africa regionally, and this is building on that. The U.S. and Australia... Uh, and Japan have banded together for an initiative as part of this uh, GCFE to prevent and combat cybercrime in Southeast Asia, and so there's a plan that goes with that. We also have an initiative on cybersecurity awareness and also on looking at trends uh, in Africa. So we have contributed a number. Lots of other countries have also contributed initiatives to this, and what the value of this is is it draws together a lot of these initiatives so people can see what other people are doing, so countries who are in need can take advantage advantage of some of these opportunities. And the Dutch have also set up a secretariat, a small secretariat to be sure, to make sure that we're continuing the effort here. These kinds of you know, practical, concrete initiatives to work with the developing world as they're getting greater connectivity to make sure they have the right policies in place, to make sure they have the ability to fight cybercrime, that they make sure they have the ability to secure their networks, as not an end in itself, but as a road for greater economic and social prosperity, has been critically important. And so that's been a core part of my office's efforts. And I think it's a great thing that comes out of this. And, you know, not just to have a conference and then you wait another year and a half until you have the next conference. This is something that's going to be ongoing. 
In traditional diplomacy, relationships among nations is key, and as in traditional diplomacy, the United States has a special rapport with the European Union and its member nations, because, as Painter explains, the U.S. and EU have shared values about the use of cyber and cybersecurity. It's important for the U.S. and the EU as really like-minded governments or governmental collections to make sure as we go into these different debates that we're joined up. And there are governments, more repressive governments, of a different, very, different, very different view of the Internet, its future, what it means, who view it often as a threat rather than an opportunity, who want to draw sovereign borders around their cyberspace, who have uh, want governments to control the Internet or who use security as an excuse for greater control. It's been important to be joined up with EU uh, in those discussions and in those forums, and we are. And the EU has devoted uh, some significant funds to uh, capacity building in the developing world, and we're working with them in that. One of the things I find was really important about that dialogue, it goes back to this whole of government approach. Uh, you know, we've had and we'll continue to have discussions with India, with Brazil, with really countries around the world where we bring not just my office, but the range of government agencies, our Justice Department, our Commerce Department, our Homeland Security Department, and they bring the range of their agencies from their side. And that means we have a really fulsome discussion of all these different issues, and it's not stovepiped on either side. We've been doing that with the EU. It's not just my equivalent, the External Action Service. It's what they call DG Connect and DG Home and others, and member states as well. So I do think there's been some concrete outcomes, but I think the most important thing is that we're looking at the world in a similar way, and we understand what the threats are. And you mentioned India. There was a meeting earlier this year with President Obama with Indian Prime Minister Modi. How are the U.S. and India cooperating with cybersecurity? I've been to India not too long ago. I had a number of meetings there and spoke at a, a conference they had there. As was noted in the last communique with the presidential meeting, we are reinvigorating our whole-of-government dialogue with India on these issues. I view India as an important player and partner on these issues. I think they are dealing with a host of cybersecurity issues themselves and cyber issues more generally. Uh, so I look forward to uh, hopefully going back there sometime in the coming months. But this is not just my direct counterpart in the foreign ministry. This is their deputy national security advisor. This is others in their government and our government as well. This is an important relationship for us. You mentioned a specific uh, item or two that you're tackling with India on cybersecurity? There was an MOU that was signed between our certs, uh, for instance, to work on some of the technical challenges we have. We continue to talk with them about that. We talked with them about threats that we're seeing, about policies, about strategies. Uh, it's hard to really point to one thing, but I think there's a range of things that we, we can share, and there are a range of threats that we all both see. Peener is busy carrying America's cyber diplomatic message around the globe and not just to major capitals. He's made a number of trips to Latin America, and after our conversation, he was set to jet off to Mongolia. Employing diplomacy to better safeguard IT has become the norm for the U.S. government. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro.